I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia. This episode of On Deck with Stancy is brought to you by Podmetrics. Whether you're a rookie at podcasting or a veteran or a super expert or somebody who's just doing it for fun since we have a little bit more extra time now that we're all stuck at home, you can actually use Podmetrics to know so much more about your show and who you're able to reach. You can get information like who's listening, where they are, what their profiles are like, even their listening habits. Podmetrics can take care of all of that and more so you can focus on creating better content. You can even integrate Podmetrics with Facebook and YouTube so you can get more data from your live streams. So if you're a podcaster or you want to start your own podcast, go check out podmetrics.co. Once again, that is podmetrics.co and sign up for free. So whether you've got hundreds of episodes under your belt or you're trying to figure out how to get from episode 1 to episodes 2, 3, 4, 100, 150, and beyond, Podmetrics can help you get to know your show and your listeners that much better. You can check it out today and sign up at podmetrics.co. Once again, that's podmetrics.co. And you can use my referral code ONDECK, that's O-N-D-E-C-K, just one word, and you can get a head start into the wonderful world of Podmetrics. Welcome to On Deck with Stan C. On this show, I want to tell the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. Before we get to this week's guest, I've got to say sorry and apologize for not putting out an episode for the last couple of weeks. It's been kind of hard trying to be consistent and scheduling everybody, getting all your ducks in a row so that all the episodes come out every single week. And I just got caught with scheduling my guests and nakataon na my butas for a couple of weeks. So that is really all it is. I, I didn't get lazy. I didn't feel like stopping all of a sudden. I just couldn't really schedule any guests na sasakto dun sa two weeks that I was uh, missing an episode. So there, that that's really it. That explains why um, it took three weeks before uh, I got to drop a new one. But I'm really happy that I get to drop this episode because my guest for this week is a legitimate legend in Philippine media. I've got Joe Demango joining me for this week's episode of On Deck. And you may remember him best for Love Notes. I'm not even just going to say the radio show or the TV show because it was a brand. It was a legitimate brand that transcended different media, different platforms over 27 years. And Joe Demango talks to me about everything from how he got into radio, how he grew up listening to campus radio and Mellow Touch Kind of like me when I was growing up before I got into the radio industry. He also talks about how he became Joe DiMango, how Love Notes came to be, how it turned into a newspaper column, a TV show, how it got a movie and a soundtrack deal, all of that stuff he talks about. Plus, I also get to know where he is right now and what he's been up to since then. It's a really interesting conversation that any historian of radio would love to hear or Hey, if you just miss Joe DiMango, if you've been wondering where he's been at since 2013, this is the episode for you. Big shout out, by the way, to my friend Kel Fabi for setting this interview up and helping me make it happen because I had no idea how I was going to reach Joe DiMango until he started a group chat and I shot my shot. So yeah, thank you so much to Kel Fabi for helping me make this happen. Before we get to Joe DeMango, let me tell you about one of the ways you can support the podcast, and that is through our friends over at Mr. Speedy. And guess what? 
just because you're a listener of On Deck, Mr. Speedy has a gift for you. And that is 50 pesos off your first Mr. Speedy delivery. And in this time we're in, uh, ang hirap lumabas. It's basically not recommended to step out of your house. You need a courier that you can trust, that you can rely on, and that's affordable. And that is something Mr. Speedy definitely is. And if you want 50 pesos off your first Mr. Speedy delivery, please use my promo code Mr. Speedy Stan. That's M R S P E E D Y S T A N. You'll get 50 pesos off your first Mr. Speedy delivery over at mrspeedy.ph or on the Mr. Speedy app, which you can get on the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, and Huawei Mobile Gallery. And this offer is available here in Metro Manila, Cebu, Davao, and other nearby provinces. So go ahead and get 50 pesos off your first Mr. Speedy delivery now by using my promo code Mr. Speedy Stan. Now let me take a moment to tell you about another thing that's very important to me, and that is voter registration. And yes, even though we are in NCR Plus or in the bubble or a soft GCQ or whatever the hell they're calling our situation right now, importante pa rin maging botante. And we want you to register to be part of the 2022 elections because that is in about a year and three months. And registration will remain open until September of this year. So the first thing you can do is to check out Comelec's online portal. That's iRegistro. So check it out at iregistro.comelec.gov.ph. That's the letter I, then the word registro. .comelec.gov.ph. Check out all the documents you need to become a registered voter or to be part of the system once again. Let's say you changed addresses or you changed your name. Just go to idahistra.comelec.gov.ph or if the website is intimidating you, you can check out votepilipinas.com. They've got a list there of the entire process and all the documents you'll need for you to become a registered voter. So go ahead and be part of the 2022 elections as a registered voter and sign up today. All right, it's time to get to this week's main event. Here's my conversation with the great Joe DeMango. On Deck is back after a quick hiatus, and I'm glad that I get to return with a very special guest. Uh, I would call him a legend here in the Philippine radio scene, <laughs> but uh, ironically enough, I didn't encounter him first on the radio. I saw him first on TV on ABC5. Remember that channel? Uh, back in the mid or late 90s. Please welcome to the podcast, the great Joe DeMango. Hi, Joe. It's great to be uh, hearing from you all the way in Canberra. Yes, hi Stan. Thank you for inviting me to your show. It's really a privilege to be here with you and uh, good to reconnect with uh, the old radio people, so to speak. Yeah, I, I was surprised when I found out that you're no longer based in the Philippines, uh, but that you were just a message away, really game to do the podcast. Uh, I, I want to start by getting a status update. What have you been up to since you moved out of the Philippines? Are you still uh, broadcasting, connecting with the audience uh, through through some means or way or form? Well, I've been meaning to go back to at least an online uh, program for Love Notes, but I haven't done that since we moved here in 2013. We moved here with my family and now we're I'm pastoring a church, uh, Victory Every Nation Church in Canberra. That's what I've been busy with since we, we came here. I've actually seen some of your streams online. Uh, I, so I was trying to find a way to reach Joe DeMango. So I did what any millennial would do, and that's type the words Joe DeMango on Facebook. And that was one of the first things that popped up. So is that probably the closest you've, uh, you've gotten to like broadcasting again since you moved there? Well, you can say that, I guess. Yes. What else have you been up to since uh, since moving to Australia? What uh, what what keeps you busy if uh, if if not the uh, the ministry? Well, on top of that, we started a cafe here. My my uh, third daughter is a chef, so we started a cafe called Sunday in Canberra. You can uh, look for it on Facebook. It's uh, a small cafe in the middle of the town, and it's it's something that we've been you know putting our heart into for the past four years now. It's really doing very, very well. So that keeps my other hand busy, so to speak. I'm also into interior design and a bit of construction because that's one of my passions. So I've been doing a lot of that uh, lately as well. 
So I got my hands full, so to speak. I've been seeing pictures of Canberra because um, I have cousins who live there. And sobrang naiinggit ako ah, because right. na sila. Uh, they don't wear their face masks anymore. Um, it's a far cry from our situation here in the Philippines. So yes, I just had I know. to get it out there. Sobrang nakakaingit where you guys are at right now. Alam Stan, we're blessed here. We only have 104 cases since the COVID started. And we only have, I think, three cases from travel from abroad. And we haven't had any like yung mga mask or anything like that. Hindi talaga. Just social distancing until now. Pero it's just like pretty much normal. I would take that over our uh, normal here in 2021. Um, as as we as we say on the internet, sana all. <laughs> sana all, yes. Let's let's take it back to how it all began because every radio personality has an origin story, and I'd like to get to know yours. Were you always a fan of radio? Okay. How old are Stan? I'm 31. 31, okay. So I started my career in radio in 1985. Wow. So how old are you? My parents were not yet married. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Back in the day, uh, mga the 70s or uh, early 80s, I used to listen to um, the more popular FM stations during that time. WLS-FM. La Trigger Man and all those stuff. No? So, so brakong na fascinate, especially with the Trigger Man. So, gusto ko siya, eh. favorite ko siya. And I've been, I remember trying to imitate him after he does an ad lib, he imitate ko siya, no? Uh, and then, since mainly ko sa electronics, I put up a small wireless transmitter sa subdivision namin. So, I broadcasted. Even before I became a DJ, I was broadcasting on 88.1 frequency, no? Uh, wow. It's a small transmitter that I I modified. I put up an aerial antenna. So narinig up to mga siguro 10 or 12 houses away from, from where we live. So I would I remember I would run around at night and sabihin ko sa mga kapitbahay, oh, tune in kayo. Since it's like a, it's like an FM transmitter, no? I have to tune in their, their uh, radios carefully so that they can get the, the exact frequency. And I would rush back home. And I would play a cassette and do my ad lib. So dun nagumpisa yung ano ko. Dun nagumpisa yung love ko for radio. I was high school then. Dun nagumpisa yung love ko for radio. But it was nothing more than just a, a parang a had, hobby lang. No? I just found it very, very rewarding. And then, noong 1985, nagkaroon ng uh, programa sa Channel 9. It's called This Is It. It was hosted by Hillbilly Willie, who was also an icon from WKC. It's a search for amateur uh, amateur disc jockey contest, which was hosted by Coca Cola. During that time, there was this Coke uh, Coke Radio concept. They were supposed to do it on, I think, ninety nine point five RT. So they were sort of like looking for DJs through that program. So I remembered lining up sa broadcast city, uh, kasama ng line ng mga itbulaga uh, participants and. I waited siguro for about three hours to get into the studio. And then I met Hillbilly Willie face-to-face. Idol, idol, Hillbilly Willie. And he said, okay, give this guy a piece of paper and let him... Uh, I was auditioning actually for the game, the contest. So after that, he said, okay, schedule him for the next uh, finals. So that's how it started. I joined that contest and I made it to the grand finals. And my winning song was Get Into the Groove by Madonna. Now, one of the one of the judges during the grand finals was Burning Bernie. Oh, he he works for DWBL. During that time, pop radio was on AM, uh, WIZ, DWBL. Yun yung parang Magic and RX and Wave ng time na yun. So andun lahat ng mga mga uh, best DJs in the industry. Bernie was uh, working for. DWBL as a DJ. Sabi niya, kid, do you want to work for me? So sabi ko, wow, <laughs> dream come true. So October of 1985, I joined DWBL. So I was with uh, a handful of very veteran disc jockeys. And I, I iba pa yung pangalan ko nun, Rollickin' Roland, kasi Roland na totoong pangalan ko. Eh. Anyway, uh, a few months after, 
was the February Revolution, 1986 exactly. Revolution. Yeah, that was that was just about the same time when DWTM was born. Magic was born. Mm-hmm. DWTM pang ang battle cry nun eh. And then most of us from DWBL were sort of like imported no, by DWTM to sort of start it. So I started my career on FM in February 1985. And then one of the jocks thought of like, let's don't don't use your real name, let's think of something. So they were playing with names. And one of the names they were playing with was the name of Marilyn Monroe's second husband, who was a famous uh, baseball player in the late 50s, I think. So that's how I got my name. I did like it at first. I, I, I said that it's, I don't like it, but I didn't have any choice. Little did I know that that would be like the name that would, you know, uh, make Kujo the Mango is. Anyway, that, that's how my career started in radio. That was 1985 when I joined DWTM. And two years after, I started Love Notes. It, right. was an accident, it was an accidental thing, but that's where it all started. After 1988, everything just, you know, one thing led to another. And, and there I was, uh, the Joe Domingo, the Love Notes, and, and everything else that went along with it. I want to take it back to uh, you being a high schooler, a teenager, uh, basically operating a pirate radio station. Which is <laughs> yes. technically illegal, diba? <laughs> oh, diba? For you to broadcast, dapat may licensia ka. Uh, it well, has to be approved by the NTC and all that. So how did you make it work? No, um, I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with electronics. Sometimes you know, there's only one electronics uh, magazine called EE, Electronics Enthusiast. Now, for all the electronics enthusiasts, they would know that. I have volumes and volumes of that. And one of the kit that you can buy for less than 100 pesos was a small... FM transmitter. So technically, it's not illegal for as long as you're not broadcasting uh, beyond a certain wattage. Oh, basically, okay. it's just a wireless, you know, the wireless FM trans, wireless mic nila nun eh. So you turn on your radio, put it on a blank frequency, much like yung, yung FM transmitter that you use for your car. Something like that. So I just put an aerial antenna para lang lumakas yung range, tumakas yung range niya. So technically, it's, I, I, I want to think that it's not illegal at that time. We're taking a quick break from my conversation with Joe DeMango so I can tell you about one of the ways you can help support this podcast, and that is through your online shopping. And as you know, anything you need, hashtag NASA Lazada yan. And if you've been eyeing some items on Lazada, you can add to cart now and check out on March 27 for Lazada's ninth birthday sale. You can enjoy up to 90% off on Lazada's biggest brands and free shipping with no minimum spend. Don't forget to use my Lazada affiliate link, podlink.co slash 0RP. That's podlink.co slash the number 0, the letter R, and the letter P right before you check out. And a portion of that will be going to On Deck and Podcast Network Asia so we can keep doing what we do best, and that is telling the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. And now let's get back to my conversation with Joe DeMango. Right, right. I mean, uh, it's right, 2021 right. at this point. You've been living in Australia for the last eight years. No one's going <laughs> to go after you for something you did in 1980, uh, how, however long it was ago. Uh, I, I want to ask about what it was like getting into the industry in the mid-80s, Laluna at that time, uh, right before EDSA, and then as EDSA was happening, specifically in terms of pay. Because... One of the things I love to hammer home sa listeners is that hindi ka kikita kapag radio lang yung source of income mo. And like, it's a myth yes, that I really yeah. am trying to bust. So what was your first paycheck? Do you remember how much it was? 600 pesos. A month? Yeah. Yes. Wow. I mean, even during that time, it was not a big amount of money. But yeah. then again, I, I, I was even willing to do it for free. Because I was young, I was, I was ambitious, you know. And it was like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So I was even willing to do it, even if they don't want to pay me. But at least they gave me 600 to start. What did your parents say? Because normally, the Filipino parents, uh, they're very career-oriented in the sense that dapat a uh, corporate job, malaking sweldo mo. What, well, what did they say? Yes. When I started, kasi I was second-year college. 
I was taking up computer science at AMA, Computer College. So, wala namang inkling yung parents ko na I would stop schooling. It was parang, oh, he's having fun, let him do it, no? So, I, I finished my computer science degree six years after, no? I started it because I was, I was torn between should I still continue studying because I was enjoying what I was doing. But I need, I need something to fall back on after, after all of these. No? So I finished, uh, I, I finished my computer science degree at AMA Computer College. So okay, naman. computer science. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned starting out at DWBL. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that one of the stations owned by Ambassador Vera? Yes. It was Mellow Touch and DWBL. They're, they only had two stations during that time. Right. And then suddenly something came up. There was this frequency called 89.9 uh, uh, that was being sold. Mm-hmm. The, I think at a very, uh, at a very, like, very reasonable price. And it was their time to, I think, expand their network. So since they had the money to buy it, they, they bought it. And we, we sort of like played with programming during that time. So just to give you a bit of history, BWBL was run by a group of very professional DJs. They were all pirated by WKC. Okay. So they all left WKC and Bernie was left all by himself to D- in, at DWBL. So he had to look for DJs and I was one of the DJs they got. So I think part of the strategy was to create an FM station, a pop FM station that would rival WKC. There's right. a bit of like a personal thing that happened there because all the jocks left, left they, they left the bosses hanging. Yeah. Uh, so it was sort of like, since this opportunity came up, why don't we just put up a competition with them? So that's how it all started. Okay, uh, for our listeners, DWKC is now 93.9 IFM. So that yeah. uh, paints a bit of a picture of, of uh, what the frequencies are like. You mentioned that you were there when they started DWTM or what we know now as Magic. So before you guys came in, it, it was basically a blank slate. So how did you guys go about creating your identity ng Magic at that time? Well, first was thinking of a name. No? Uh, I think DWTM was the registered call letters for 89.9. So that was something that was sort of like, I think, I don't know if it's technically difficult to apply for a new call sign because it's being assigned by NTC. So we had to work with that. And I remember we we were joking around what TM stands for, Tinolang Manok and all stuff like that. But it was, <laughs> it was really funny. So we had to stick with that. And then it was, hindi pa magic no eh. It was like 89.9 WTM. Wala lang. It was sort of like we just had to come up with a pop station, a station to the pop format, playing contemporary pop music, much like what WKC was playing. It's sort of like tatapatan lang namin kung ano yung playlist nila and, and that. We, wala pa kaming identity talaga nun. Uh, the objective was just to get the station running and get the DJs on board and then take it from there. Was there a theme behind you mga names niyo? Because you said that Joe DiMango was not a name that you chose. So how about the other DJs? Were there air names also assigned to them? Was there a motif that you guys followed? Wala naman. Just to give you a little bit of trivia, nung time na yun kasi, you're not allowed to use your real name. Hindi kagaya ngayon, no? That you, you take on your real name. No matter yeah. how bad sounding that is, you use your real name. <laughs> Pero nung time na yun, you're not allowed to use your real name. For some reason, hindi ko alam kung bakit, no? So, yung mga pangalan DJ namin noon was uh, Rockin' Robin, Joe Domingo, Little David. So, uh, ayun, yun lang. Uh, most of the DJs were given names by their mga senior DJs. And wala kang choice most, most of the time to, you just have to take it. Especially if you want to join the group. Right. You, you mentioned earlier that Love Notes came around within about a year or two since uh, DWTM came to be. So what was the origin of Love Notes? How did you put that concept together? What was the inspiration behind it? Okay. When we started WTM, no, it was purely uh, music. Lang. Nung time na yun, kasi 
pag nasa FM ka, parang tabu magsalita masyado, no? You're not really allowed to talk like how, you know, we talk on FM now. It was like, here's some, here's some nice music, then you play three songs in a row. Sobrang less talk talaga, no? And I remember having Friday Magic Madness was one of our, uh, like, I think, uh, one of the catalysts talaga of magic, no? To, to success kasi it was something that was novel during that time. We had a program called Friday Magic Madness and we we can play songs from as, as way back as the 60s no, or early 70s. And mahilig ako kasi sa love songs. Eh. I grew up with WLL and 97.1 WLS in my high school days. So, ang programa ko mostly if you listen to my program during that time Friday Magic Madness kasi is a rebel rebel day for DJs eh. I, I play my favorite love songs all the time and then I remember there was one time I, I got a letter letters pa na nasin, uh, snail mail eh, asking me to play a song from I forgot but he, he, she was asking me to play a song for her boyfriend they had a fight the night before and she just wants to say uh, hard to say I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what the song is. Hard Chicago, to say I'm sorry. Yeah. Chicago. And, and sabi niya, can you please say sorry to him and tell him that I really love him. I didn't mean to hurt him. So I sort of said that on air. But aside from playing the song, after I played the song, I, I gave a short piece of advice. So, and little did I know that that kind of format would eventually be Love Notes. Kasi, after a few weeks pa lang eh, letters started pouring in. Hindi na siya parang please play a song. No? They would say, Dear Joe, I had a friend, blah, 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 blah. And then please play this song for us. So nagkaroon ako ng idea. Sabi ko, I think I can, during that time, Helen Vela, uh, Lovingly Yours Helen, was yes. like the top rated uh, love notes kind of program on, on FM, no? Nasa AM siya, napunta rin siya sa FM eh. And then sabi ko kay Bernie, sabi ko, Sir, uh, I think may potential tong ganitong klaseng program. I, I showed him, I was getting like literally sacks and sacks of letters. Wow. During that time. Uh, they're, they're sorted out downstairs sa Philcom Sen Building. Tadala mm-hmm. nila sa 18th floor where we are. And sako-sako talaga siya ng sulat. And I said, Sir, we've been getting a lot of letters. Dear Joe letters na yun, ah. Sabi niya, but kid, hindi tayo pwedeng mag-ganyang format, eh. Kasi it's, it's dangerous. Parang it's, it's never been done talaga on FM. But sabi niya, sige, uh, I'll give you two months. If it doesn't work, at least you can't blame me na hindi kita binigyan ng, ng chance. So I'm very thankful to Koyang for this, no? And, ayun, after two months, it just suddenly exploded. And there was just like, massive response from from a lot of people especially mga mga nagtatrabaho sa Manila on their way to work or sa mga mga bangko we'll, we'll be getting like tons and tons of naubusan kami ng fax paper for request no, no? so <laughs> dun, dun na nagumpisa yun it was just like phenomenal I just can't believe how how fast Love Notes became a household name from like its humble beginnings in August of 1988 what was the um, original schedule of Love Notes? Pang Fridays lang ba siya? Or was it a week, uh, a weeknight no, it's, show? It's Fridays at 10.15 a.m. with replays at 7 p.m. Yeah. In standard ad lib yan. So 10.15 and they replay it at night at 7 p.m. Drive, drive, uh, drive time. And it's a 15-minute program. Short lang siya. So it's just three songs and a letter in between and an advice in between the second and third song. How old or how young were you at the time? Because I'm thinking if you were also dispensing love advice, you had to have some life experience that I was, I was, experience. I was, I was 21 years old when I started Love Notes. Jeez. How difficult was that? I'm a hopeless romantic, I guess, during that time. I don't know. I didn't give extraordinary advice during that time. I would normally, when Love Notes started, I would just play a song and just you know say a word or two. But eventually, I sort of like I, I think developed the the skill to mm-hmm. give sound advice through the years. The program, by the way, ran for twenty seven years before I finally moved to Australia. But it was like phenomenal. It became a movie. It became 
TV program in ABC5. I was writing for two newspapers. It was the only, I think, program in Philippine uh, media that has crossed like all all media. Internet, yeah, all the platforms. Uh, all the platforms. Uh, you, you, I even have a 1-800 number that you can dial love notes and ask for advice live. So, lahat. It's been published in a lot of foreign magazines. So, I can't imagine being 21 and being asked to dispense advice on love because when I was 21, I didn't know shit. Like, I, I was a, <laughs> I, I was a um, very, very emotional, uh, very yeah. bitter and, and single. Yeah. So, um, yeah. were you in a relationship at the time? Like, when you started, because like, you had to have some, something to frame these stories and this advice against, Diba. Right? Well, I met my wife on radio. She called me one, one, one evening, no, sometime in 1986. So when I started Love Notes, I was just about to get married. I married in December 1988. So okay. she was my first girlfriend. So I didn't have any background whatsoever in relationships because I was also trying to, you know, uh, find out how it is like to be in a relationship during that time. Did Love Notes ever get to a point where people would call in live or was it always a literal letter that was sent to you for you to read and then play a song afterward? Well, when I had the program on DZMM Teleradio and ABC5 uh, after the TV soap series, it was the format of something like that. People call in live and I give live advice. What was your approach then? Because um, I think yung pinaka, um, pinaka current na, na analogy to that format now is probably yung kay Papa Jack or Papa Jackson as he's now known. But the yung approach niya kasi is very, ano eh, um, very confrontational and very yeah. direct. What was your approach in contrast to that, I guess? Well, I think if, if you get to listen to archives and love notes, no? some of them are still in YouTube, no? I think I can call it more poetic and more uh, something that appeals more to the emotion of the person. Plus the fact that I carefully choose the songs to uh, reflect the emotion of the letter. It heightens the, the experience. So Love Notes basically is an experience where you get emotionally connected to the program in a level that's, I think, unprecedented during that time because people were just like glued and just like connected to Love Notes. Even until now, after after so many years, after several decades, I still, I have a Love Notes Facebook page that I have been updating for the last, I think, three years. I still get a lot of letters from people who would tell me, oh, I remember those days and I was listening to you. I'm now in the States and I hope, you know, it's just, the connection was just so phenomenal. I can't, I, I just, I can't, I'm overwhelmed. I can't even imagine how it happened. From the radio show, which crossover happened first? Was it TV or was it print? And, and how did that come about? Uh, well, Langauna was print. The Manila Times asked me, because the show was very popular, they asked me to do a segment uh, on the newspaper, which I did. And then after that, I, um, the late direct Mario J. De Las Reyes and the, the late uh, writer Jake Tordesillas were very prolific in the field. Uh, they listen to love notes. They always make fun of the stories. Like, you know, they comment on, you know, how women or men react in, in their relationships. And they said, this guy is good. Why don't we get him? So they, they called me and uh, we met face to face and they said, you know, we have a concept for your program, but it's for TV. And direct Mario J was uh, Mario J de la Stress was a genius. Jake Tordesillas was a prolific writer. And they said, we have a concept for your show. Are you interested? And I said, yes. So first it was newspaper and then direct Mario J pitching the concept to ABC5. And then it became TV. And after that, everything went uh like we'd had we had the love notes comics we had the pocketbook series released by universal records and we had pldt doing the the live love notes online thing and we started exploring the internet as well doing the love notes website and stuff like that so 
Yeah. And sabay-sabay yun lahat. Like, you do a radio show na Love Notes and then you'd have a taping sa ABC5 and then you'd be writing yes. the Love Notes column. So, like, it was really a brand. Yeah, it was really a brand. I, I, I even, uh, it's even registered to my name. Naka-copyright uh-huh. naka- yan sa, sa akin hanggang ngayon. So, hindi, hindi nila pwede gamitin. That was part of the strategy before I got into TV. Did you have a manager at the time, somebody who'd give you business advice? Because um, you know, you stumbled onto a gold mine essentially, which <laughs> eventually became a huge brand. Yeah, hindi hindi pa uso nun yun eh. No, no, you just do your thing, and if it works, then you know, keep it afloat. Uh, Did so, the radio station ever ask for like a cut? Because that was the platform that you started on. So uh, was that ever? Well, um, basically. Wala naman silang cut kasi I'm not making a lot of money from it, no. Except for the TV, hindi naman sila kumuha ng cut doon. But they've been getting a lot of advertisements uh, right. for exclusively for the program itself. So that in itself was, was more than enough for, for the network. Okay, hold on. Before we head over to the rest of the episode, I'm sure you're probably wondering how I'm able to collab with brands here on deck. Well, it's really simple. I use Podmetrics. So if you have a podcast, you can sign up now at podmetrics.co. That's P-O-D-M-E-T-R-I-C-S dot C-O. And use my referral code ONDECK. That's one word, all caps, O-N-D-E-C-K. And hey, it's a great way to help support the show as well. And if you're an advertiser and you want to collab with me here on deck, then I'm not going to stop you. In fact, you can head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and fill up the form. That's Podmetrics for you, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Uh, from the entire run of Love Notes, did you ever get the mga outrageous na, um, or what was the most outrageous or out-of-this-world story that you got? I've always been asked that. Marami kasi siya eh. Pero one of, one of the stories that I, I really cannot forget was the story of uh, mag-boyfriend mag- sila, no? And then sabi ng guy, let's go to the airport. I'll pick up my best friend. So nag-hug-hug sila and then they started going out, the three of them. So lamalabas sila, nagpa-party sila and everything. And then the guy said, uh, pare, just look after my girlfriend because I have to go to the States and I have to attend to some business, no? So the best friend, the guy best friend and the girlfriend continued going out. No? And then one night, they, 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 they got a bit drunk and something happened. No? Siguro mga a few days later, they had to pick up the boyfriend pabalik na from the States. So you know how awkward it, it was, no? Parang guilty sila pareho because they, they know they did something really bad. And then the boyfriend didn't know anything, no? So they continued going out. Labas pa rin sila. Saya tara. Ano, ah... Uh, Labas tayo, excited na miss ko yun, no? So, and then the boyfriend, uh, the guy had a condominium in Makati. Sabi niya sa girlfriend niya, if ever you get late from work, no? Or uh, uh, nag-overtime ka, you can use the condo. Here's the mm-hmm. key. Just just let me know if you're coming over, no? So, one night, uh, nag-overtime yung girl. Hindi na siya nakatawag dun sa boyfriend niya. So, he went, she went straight to the condo. And then when she opened the door, makita niya yung boyfriend niya and yung best friend, naked in bed. Oh, wow. Wow. So, <laughs> so parang, and then the boyfriend jumped out of bed and ran after her. Sabi niya, let me explain. We were just drunk. We were not doing anything. Ganyan, ganyan. <laughs> so, parang, parang, parang she wanted to throw up right there and then, no? Pero she, she, she just ran away. And then young girl wrote the letter and sabi niya, my, my boyfriend's been reaching out to me. I haven't answered his calls or anything. And sabi niya, she, he wants to explain and he wants, he's very, very sorry for what happened. He said he loves me. Ang dilemma ng girl, pregnant siya by the best friend. So mga ganun, marami pa iba. I, sabi ko nga, I've, in the 27 years of Love Notes, I've encountered every possible permutation Nang pwede mangyari sa isang relationship. Incestuous relationships. Lahat na. Lahat na nang akala mo sa movie lang nangyayari. Experience ko na through, through the program. How would you deal with or tackle those stories or those letters with themes na 
um, medyo controversial for our conservative society. So, kunwari, yun nga, mm. uh, the, the story you shared na my LGBT themes or mm. you my incest or even mm. if, uh, or basta yung mga super mature na themes. Yeah. Well, you have to be very careful. No? Uh, we're still predominantly, uh, I, I would consider a very religious culture, no? Yes. With strong yeah. adhere with strong adherence to 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 religious morals, no. So you have to be very careful with that. Uh, ako naman, not that I'm playing neutral ground, no. But I would always side on the on on what is what the Bible says about the relationships, no, or the issues. Like for example, if you want to get divorced, you want to leave your husband because he's this and that. No, I would always say try to work out on your marriage. No, talk to your husband, talk to a counselor, and try to work things out. What God has put together, no, no man should put asunder. So, uh, around those lines, when it comes to uh, like uh, homosexual relationships, LGBT, I'm very cautious with that. In the like 27 years of love notes, I think I had two hate letters. Which I'm very okay. thankful. I only had two hate letters. One, one of the hate letters was about the story of a girl who fell in love with her longtime uh, classmate, best friend, girl best friend, and they they said, you know, we love each other. We want to to build a family together. And I remember when I was writing, I I still can't forget that because I remember when I was writing the advice for that one, I I said I was thinking between saying. Um, the fulfillment of life is in having a family and saying for some, the fulfillment of life is having a family. I sort of generalized it by saying the fulfillment of life is in having a family and with utter disregard for people who are in a relationship like that. And then I, I just got bashed by this, this girl. He said, how can you say that the fulfillment of life is in having, ha- having a family? Uh, are we not entitled to be happy if we're just all by ourselves, or if we're in a relationship with the same sex? And I just struck me in in, in a way that I said, ah, that was my, that was my mistake. I actually apologized on air for that because uh, that wow. was yeah. So you just have to be very se- se- sensitive to the issues that are controversial, and but you have to make a stand. You have to stand on your ground. Uh, for what you believe is what your conviction is. You don't impose it to others. And you're not saying that I'm saying this because you need to follow this. This is what I think. This is what I believe in. And you're good at that. If you're honest with that, then that's fine. Um, You mentioned that you had only two hate letters throughout the entire run of Love Notes. But has yeah. anyone ever written you that, hey, I followed your advice, tapos pumalpak? Or nagkaleche-leche yung relasyon ko because of the advice that you gave? Wala naman. Meron lang minsan it didn't work out. Hindi naman nagkaleche-leche, no? It didn't work out. Yun lang, no? But there are letters also na nare-receive ko na minsan two generations nga eh. I have the letter of the parents and the letter of the children. Wow. So, sabi niya, my mom, my mom wrote to you about my dad and ngayon ako na yung ako na yung uh, resulta nung nung yung on and off you know uh, love hate relationship nila before they eventually got together and now I'm writing yeah mga ano siya mga mga fourteen fifteen years old yata nung time na yun. so that's amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> have you always been the malumanay type of speaker because I'm listening to you speak right now and bagay nga siya dun sa love notes that I remember growing up but it's also hindi siya aligned dun sa magic that people remember because magic now is very personality based as a station and a lot of FM radio DJs um dun sa pop format uh, are 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 not very calm sounding so did you always sound like this when you were on the radio well I have I have two voices on radio cuz I'm Joe Domingo the jolly you know, uh, very loud DJ. But when it comes to love notes, I s- sort of switch off to the mellow side of myself. So if you, if I, I was able to chance upon a recording of TM in 1988. It's on YouTube. I just can't find it again. But there was this guy who was recording radio stations from way back. 
and I remember that particular uh, program where he where he recorded my voice and the commercials and stuff, and I, it just made me smile because I was just like you know a regular uh, jolly fun DJ during that time. I want to ask about. Uh, the work that you did in the office because I know that you also uh, got into a management position at both Magic and at uh, at, at Wave. Um, I had right. Lindy Magnaya on the podcast several weeks ago and she also <laughs> talked about you being one of the uh, w- one of the founding jocks over at Wave. So um, yeah. what was it like taking on these additional positions? Because these are stories that not a lot of radio listeners get to hear about. You promote na naging part of na office instead of just being one of the regular jocks. Yeah. Well, in the year 2000, uh, the network was able to procure another station. Dating 89 DMZN. It's a dance dance uh, station, uh, dance music zone. They were able to procure that. And uh, the challenge was, anong format ang gagawin natin? Meron na tayong mellow, meron na tayong pop, no? meron na tayong uh, uh, slow rock, no? Uh, 103.5 uh, K-Lite. So, anong gagawin natin format? And then, nung time na yun kasi, uh, TM, no? Magic was playing a lot of R&B music already. Nag-umpisa na R&B nung time na yun. Around 2000. No? Remember ng mga mid-90s nag-start na R&B. So, we thought about an R&B format. And it was a very difficult decision for me because I had to leave I was asked to manage Wave 89.1, which meant that I had to say goodbye to Love Notes on Magic. So I had to carry it over to Wave 89.1. So that was in 2000 when I was asked to manage uh, Wave. So Jan Parenza Strata, diba kayo? Nasa Strata pa rin kayo? Yeah. Oh no, uh, we moved to Paragon. Ah, nasa Paragon na, okay. So yeah, nasa Strata kami before. Then after that, I was I was asked to manage eighty eight point three, Jam eighty eight point three. So for a time, I was also working on uh, Heart FM before it became K Light. No, ah yes, Heart FM. So yun. At there was a time I was managing three stations: one hundred three point five, uh, eighty eight point three, and eighty nine point one. Were you still doing love notes then, even uh, at a different station? Yeah, I was doing love notes at Wave. So, paano yun? Uh, you would be introducing songs na R&B naman instead of like a wider selection. Talaga. Ang ganda ng mga R&B na love songs ng time na yun, di ba? So, mm-hmm. medyo, medyo ganon. Medyo ganon. You have to sort of stick with the format. Meron pa rin, ano? Meron pa rin, syempre, classic old songs, no? But you have to introduce R&B love songs. So, you, so just you become coherent, no? And, ano, consistent with the format. What was it like uh, having a bit of experience na under your belt and then having the task to build a new radio station from scratch? Because you mentioned that for Wave, for example, the R&B format was not really explored yet at the time. And then you also mm. mentioned part of Jam that after it transitioned from City Light. So mm. um, what, what were those, uh, those times like? Well, a lot of times you have to experiment. First, you have to decide on the format. Kung ano yung you think and you believe would would uh, have a decent amount of market share, which was very difficult because you know the uh, the listeners are very fickle-minded. No, they change their mind every now and then. So first, you have to determine and stick to your format, and then second, you have to find a way to uh, make a brand out of it, and that's the most difficult thing. Because, you know, branding a radio station is a combination of music, events, DJs, uh, promotions, and all, all other, a lot of other things that go into the branding, building the brand for the radio station. So right. those are the tasks involved in, in, you know, and I'm glad that Wave is still uh, up and running. It has, yeah. hasn't reformatted yet. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's a real challenge. Let's take another break and hear from the other shows here on Podcast Network Asia. Hi, my name is Leila Jerusalem. 
Check out Partially Pinoy, a podcast where we dive into the stories of those who are redefining what it means to be Filipino. Powered by Podcast Network Asia and available on all podcast platforms. Were you still with Wave when they decided to bring hip hop into it? Because R&B and hip hop, um, it's hand in hand, but it's also pretty different as genres. Like hip hop is probably the more bombastic older brother of R&B. So were yeah. you still there when hip hop came into the picture? I, I left in 2007. I think hip hop was was already being introduced. No, I don't know. I haven't been in touch with with the guys there. No, no, but I don't know how how uh, hip hop has like influenced wave now but during that time it was starting already and it was it was a welcome it was a welcome uh opportunity for us also to explore that 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 side of of uh, music no so you know. all right um last few questions here as we begin to wind down i want to i want to ask about uh love notes transitioning and transcending formats because the platforms that like radio and TV, TV and print, and then online, how are you able mm. to adjust uh, the program and then bring it to kunare, online when you've been used to doing it on TV, for example? Mm. Well, well what's, I think what's nice about Love Notes is that the format is very, very simple. You don't have to reinvent it when you transition to another medium. Uh, so it's just a matter of adapting to, like for TV, for example, I would read the letter, but most of the letter will be enacted no, or dramatized. No? But it's still the same format. I play, I play a song, read the letter, play a song, and then give the advice and play another song. The, this format of Love Notes has been kept intact in all the other uh, media that it was presented on. Except of course for for uh, the newspaper, but most you of get the titles on a newspaper, yeah, yeah. But most of the titles of the stories in the newspaper are title of songs. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So there's still that element of like recall, like uh, like somewhere down the road. So you still remember that song. So mm-hmm. there's still that element of like the song, the emotion that goes with the song. So it was not really hard to transition. Like the comics and the magazines are all the same. It's just like instead of reading it, they're they're like, you know, drawing it and making it to like a, a series of events. So uh did your kids ever get exposed to the program? And what do they think of it? Especially now now they're also adults and they probably have relationships of their own. Well, when I started Love Notes, uh I wasn't. I just just recently got married, right? And in two thousand and seven, how old was my eldest? Uh, they were like in their teenage years. They really haven't uh, been exposed to the the time when Love Notes was very very popular back in the mid nineties, because they were just like five six years old during that time. But they sort of like, I, I always bring them to the stations and bring them to the taping. They sort of were exposed to what I did. Didn't really understand, you know, uh, the complexities of being uh, a media personality. But they remember being meeting artists or you know, having pictures taken with Robin Padilla and stuff like that. The meeting artists at the station. So, and I, I remember telling them one day, uh, I hope that what I do here I can apply to to to, to, to your to your life when you start getting into relationships. And, and luckily, you? yeah, I, I, I'm uh, my eldest daughter has been married for several years now. I have a two-year-old grandson. Two of Congrats. my other daughters are getting married this year. So, and then there's just only one left. The the chef is running the cafe, but. Uh, well, we're, we're we're blessed that all of them are are in good. Uh, they have, they have good partners, and then they're in, in in good hands. I want to I believe. Mean that, yes, that's great to hear. And uh, you didn't have to dip into yung past advice for the really horrible stories. It, it's it's yeah. very heartwarming. <laughs> yung mga good advice lang yung kinailangan nila from from you and from your experience. Yung yes, yes. <laughs> so blessed blessed in that in that aspect. Yes. 
do you ever miss radio and do you ever miss uh, doing love notes because you said that uh, the show eventually ended and you haven't really done it in any format in quite some time alam mo sabi nila once a DJ always a DJ no? there's always this sometimes I, I i i long to to like do what you're doing right now no uh, minsan pag nagda-drive ako i would uh, adlib all uh, by myself sisigaw talaga ako sa radyo no especially when i'm listening there's there's uh, there's this christian radio station here no station 90.1 one way fm so when i listen to that like what i did when i was in high school i would imitate the dj's and start doing adlibs you know that's the closest i could get to you know being back in radio pero i'm i'm happy with where i am right now no and i'm um, i hope that one day i can get the opportunity to uh do love notes again at least uh dami ng platform na pwedeng ayon no? still exploring no that the most difficult part is the licensing of the songs right Kasi the the heart of love notes talaga is in the songs that uh, were played and you can't just sign up with one recording company because you know you're limited you have to have access to a lot of libraries especially lalo na ngayon ang dami ng labels ang dami ng labels so it's hard the, the the licensing issue is a bit uh complicated so, right yeah yeah last couple of questions on my end did you ever get to use the computer science degree no <laughs> okay so when i moved to australia the first attempt my first attempt was to use my uh credentials as a radio personality well obviously we don't need you here we have a lot of uh you know english speaking announcers here and we don't need your services here so that was sort of like a flop and my second attempt was uh i remember the agent said you need to have a relevant experience in the field that you're applying for and i said i've been a dj all my life what else can i do and it, he asked me what was your course in college i said computer science so how can we use that when you've been working as a dj all your life and it started to connect that to your career and i remember telling him but you know what i've been doing a lot of interior design and i'm using uh i'm using cad software to to be able to do that he said that's one opportunity and that's how we got into australia because of my computer science degree because i was able to <laughs> link it to to what i've been doing because a lot of people don't know that i've uh apart from radio i was very active in the design industry i was right. so i was doing a lot of uh, i had a construction company back in manila i was doing a lot of interior renovations i do a lot of game show designs i've been doing the game show sets of jma7 from time immemorial the time of it bulaga so uh i've done one of like most of the game shows that you've seen on jma7 uh dami like you uh wami wants to be a millionaire barami pa So that's the other side of me that people don't know and I've been using my knowledge in computers you know uh for that particular business I'm also into robotics you no know? I'm a co-founder of the Mind Museum I have a lot of uh exhibits there as well so people are seeing this my mind is literally blown right now because I love the Mind Museum oh uh, so I was I, I was you have my name there the same Jollibee part I have my I have my name like I say We were sort of like the first few people who, technical people who helped made the Mind Museum. So I did a I lot mean, of. People aren't going to find Joe DiMango. They're going to find your real name. <laughs> no, there's. Ewan ko kung dumpa yung robot at the entrance no si Cal. So uh, the last time I was there, I still saw it. No, it was at the entrance to the Mind Museum. I made that robot, and I had a Nemo. You can Google it. It's a self-navigating robot inside. And a lot of other exhibits there. The brain, the lighting Damn. for that. Uh, yun. Anyway, that's, that's where I use. That's where I used my my computer science. As uh, computer sayang. Uh, Dito sayang yun. Dito sayang yun. Dito pa no. Yes. 
I, I didn't expect any of that when I asked uh, that question. So thank you for pleasantly surprising <laughs> us. Uh, Nikai, our producer, is saying in the chat, me too. Uh, she's also uh, mind blown with this reveal. <laughs> thank you. Um, as we end the interview, I want to ask, uh, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Because a lot of my listeners, surprisingly, are people from my age range and a little bit older. So yung mga listeners talaga from the 90s and the 2000s. So I'm sure a lot of them okay. were familiar with Love Notes at its peak. So how can they reach you if they want to connect with the great Joe DiMango? Well, you can just uh, message me on Messenger. It's Joe DiMango. You, you found me there. So yeah. you'll easily find me there. A lot of people actually message me there and ask about Love Notes. I do reply as much as I can uh, to, to, to everyone who messages me. So, yeah. All right. Uh, big shout out, by the way, to our mutual friend, Kel Fabi, for making the oh, connection. Kel, thank you. <laughs> helping uh, us make this interview happen. But uh, Joe DeMango, maraming salamat. I learned a lot um, as a, as a radio Stan. history buff. I really enjoyed our <laughs> conversation. Congratulations on everything you've achieved on the successful relationships in your family. And I'm just really glad you're over there and not here where uh, going out can literally kill you. So um, all the best and stay safe, Joe DeMango. You too. Stay safe. Thank you so much once again to Joe DeMango for joining me on this week's episode of On Deck. What a way to return after that quick break, right? Really loved all of his stories. And, you know, towards the end, I was thinking, oh, you know, let, let me just ask him out of curiosity if Nagamit Banya yung computer science degree and telling us all about the game shows he's helped design and his contributions to the Mind Museum literally blew my mind. So that was something I didn't see coming at all. Thank you, Joe DiMango. Now, before we get out of here, here's another way that you can show your love and support for On Deck. If you love the show and if you love online shopping, all you have to do is to click on my Shopee affiliate link right before you check out on the app. So go to tinyurl.com slash ondeckxshopee. Again, that is tinyurl.com slash ondeckxshopee. And it'll take you straight to the app or to the website. From there, click checkout. And a portion of the sales, go to On Deck and Podcast Network Asia so we can keep doing what we do best and that is telling the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. As for my other projects here on Podcast Network Asia, I've got the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, which I co-host alongside my friends Romoran and Chino Liao. And for this week, we've got a huge guest because Jake Cuenca is returning to the podcast. It's his third guesting and we're talking all about WWE Fastlane and we're going to be previewing the road to WrestleMania. That should be a big one. So join us on Kumu at Wrestling Wrestling Pod on Thursday at 7 p.m. Or check out the audio-only episode wherever you get your podcasts. Now, if there is a wrestling fan in your life who misses MSG or Mr. C and you want to get them a personalized shout-out from your favorite local villain, then you can head on over to shoutout.com and get them a shout-out. That is S-H-A-W-T-O-U-T dot com, shoutout.com. Or you can look for us on Lazada. That's right. You can search for your boy over on Lazada. Just type shout out, S-H-A-W-T-O-U-T. Then search for my name, Stancy. You'll find me over there. So book us over at shoutout.com. One last thank you before I get out of here. And that goes out to Babyface producers Nikai and Sola for all the work that they do post-prod and everything they do to help me bring these episodes to life. And thank you to the listeners, to the people who follow On Deck, have subscribed, have streamed, used my promo codes, and clicked on my affiliate links. Thank you so much for keeping On Deck alive. And it's not going to stop here because I've got a new set of episodes that are literally On Deck. I've got one with my friend Alex Puruganan of Mellow 94.7. She's joining me for next week's episode and we're going to be reflecting about the transition from being the youngest DJs in a radio station to being in your early 30s and wondering what the hell happened. We'll talk all about that. And I've got a special episode of On Deck coming up in two weeks that will be featuring a news reporter on the front lines as he covered ECQ one year ago. All of that is On Deck. But until then, I've got to put this episode to bed. So let me close this out the right way. 
My name is Stancy, and I just want to say thank you very much, and I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.